Jeremy St. Louis from BN Sports. Is he on the phone with us? Oh, my goodness, this can't be happening. Uh, just some, some backstory. Jeremy St. Louis and I, for five years, did together the old Fox Soccer Report. So when they said, hey, Derek, do some radio, and I thought, it's the day after World <laughs> Cup, I figured, I'm going to get all my buddies on the phone, and we're going to talk football. Jeremy, how are you, sir? I'm good, buddy. How are you? I'm doing very well. You are in Miami, that is correct? Yes, I am. How did the World Cup go over in Miami? You know what? The World Cup in Miami was very good. It's actually one of the top markets in the United States in terms of World Cup viewership and support because Miami is, I mean, we're often, you know, I'm often told down here Miami's not actually part of America. It's more of a Central American uh, place, but we've got, you know, we've got a high population of, of people from all over, you know, Colombia, Argentina, Brazil, uh, Peru. There's there's so much soccer culture in Miami that it's it's one of the great places for a World Cup. I don't want to rub it in on any of those people, but none of those countries did win the World Cup, and they all I I don't know. Apart from Peru, did they all kind of underperform? I don't want to I don't want to get in trouble next time I go to Miami, but it didn't go well for South America this time. No, and it didn't go well for Africa either. That was one yeah. of the big surprises uh, for us is that Africa really didn't do well either. I mean, uh, when you look at, you know, the Argentinas of the world, I mean, they were hugely disappointing. I mean, nobody even knows if Argentina actually had a manager uh, for those last <laughs> few matches based on what was going on within that team. Uh, but, uh, yeah, they were largely disappointing. Colombia, uh, we, we were expecting more from Colombia. They didn't do too badly, but I think there, we, there was the expectation that they could do more. And then, of course, from CONCACAF. I mean, we had Mexico uh, that were hoping to get to the fifth game. They impressed in the way that they played, certainly, um, but they just couldn't make it to that elusive fifth game. If Mexico was on the other side of the draw, things would have gone a lot better, yeah? Yes, I agree with that. I I certainly agree with that. The teams on that other side of the draw, I'm not going to say that they had it easier because you can only play the teams that are put in front of you, but certainly some of those teams that were put in front of the other teams uh, were a little bit more difficult on the left-handed side of the draw. Well, yeah, I mean, you can only, like you say, you can only control what you can control, but France had to go through three teams that were higher ranked than Croatia to even get to the final. Like, France-Belgium would have been a tremendous final. We get it in the semifinal because that's how things break sometimes. When you when you watch that final, what what will your great takeaway be from, from France in the 2018 World Cup champions? Uh, you know, I, I, there's a lot of people that are criticizing the way that France played. I, this is a debate that we have a lot, and I'm sure you've had this discussion as well. I think we may have even had it when we were together at Fox. Is that what do you... What do you prefer? Do you prefer beautiful football or do you prefer to play a brand of football that wins you games and wins you titles? And I think that what we saw in the, what we saw in the game yesterday is France, they did enough to win. They played a decent game. Croatia, one of the best playing teams at the entire tournament. So I really was, I wasn't necessarily hoping for Croatia. I thought they maybe could pull it off, but this France team can play so many different styles of game. And I think they've shown that throughout the tournament. And that while they weren't necessarily overly impressive in the final, they scored four goals, which is, I think, they're the first team to do it since Brazil did it back in the 70s. So uh, that's not unimpressive to score four goals in a World Cup final. But I think that I left it just feeling like, no, I would have liked to have seen a little bit more from France in the final, certainly in their final two games. But still, I mean, you can't complain when you're adding that star to your shirt. Well, they're a team that, I mean, we all, as soccer fans, if you're a fan of the English Premier League, you fell in love with N'Golo Kante a couple of years ago, and, and Paul Pogba, I mean, I've never, I've never understood Paul Pogba, 
but people tell me people could not stop talking about how great he was in this tournament and it's it is a little lost on me as a fan but uh, i mean france i don't know i don't know how i don't know how croatia got two goals to tell you the truth well, France's defense, N'Golo Conte was struggling with a stomach bug yesterday. That's come out. And of course, he was, you know, he was the guy that was, that was having to take care of Luka Modric. And Modric, I thought, was outstanding through the whole tournament. A very deserving golden ball winner, uh, at the end of it all. But, uh, so he wasn't his typical self. I thought France's defense, you know, they had their moments where Croatia had the ball. Croatia pressed them in the first half. So I really thought that Croatia, you know, they, they were certainly looking for something. France looked like they were on the back foot for a good portion of that of that game. Their defense, I don't think, played as well as they as well as they have, as well as they can. So I wasn't necessarily surprised to see Croatia get two goals. Granted, one of them was from a horrific uh, Lori's error, that second goal <laughs> yeah. uh, from Mandzukic. But, I mean, that, that was just one of the oh. horrific errors of the World Cup and to get it to come in a final. So you'd, let's say they got one and a half goals. Yeah. If that game was three one at the moment where Loris gives the ball to Mario Loris the the keeper if you guys if you didn't see the game just trying to essentially stick handle around a, a guy who's just giving nominal pressure gives it right to Mario Mandzukic who pokes it into goal if it was not four one and it was three one and that goal made it three two oh that would have been a nightmare oh that would have been a completely it would have been a completely different game because there's just that. There's that mental, that psychological aspect that you just feel like, oh, no, oh, no. And France were on the back foot a little bit anyways. I think that fourth goal really kind of put them at ease a little bit. So I think that 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 fourth goal was a huge, huge goal for them in terms of, you know, being able to just kind of relax a little bit and not panic as you get into the later stages uh, of the game. Jeremy St. Louis of BN Sports joining us at 11.16 on Toronto Today. I was going through, and you know me, I I love my numbers. I was going through uh, this was probably a year ago. <laughs> you laugh knowingly. I enjoy that. Uh, I was going yeah. through the, the highest transfer fees ever paid and this was a year ago and I was like who is Kylian Mbappe? And I had to click through, because this is Wikipedia, obviously. Uh, who is it? Really? He's that young? And PSG is going to pay, you know, if they consummate this deal, 145 million euros for him? That's, I can't believe it. I've never heard of this kid. Uh, I've heard of him now. Uh, the future for, for Kylian Mbappe, who I think, as a 19-year-old, popped a lot of eyes at this World Cup. He was tremendous. And when, when Pele is tweeting about you after the World Cup final, talking about how he may have to come out of retirement because this kid is so good, I mean, that says something about the talent with this kid. I mean, we know, we've known that he's pretty good for a couple of years because on BN Sports we have the French League. And so we've been able to see him for the last couple of years play. And, and the, it's been no secret to us that he's a tremendously talented young, young footballer. And for his age, he's only 19 years old. He's won the World Cup. I mean, it's incredible the level of maturity he has and the type of composure he has. We did see some petulance start to come into his game in the latter stages of the tournament, uh, it, particularly in the game against Belgium. I thought he got a little bit petulant near the end, showing his Neymar side, if you will. But I thought that in the, in the final, he was outstanding. He gets the, he gets the goal, the final goal of that fourth goal for France. And, I mean, what a great young kid. And now that Cristiano Ronaldo has moved from Real Madrid to Juventus, the going notion is that Real Madrid are going to try to get Kylian Mbappe from PSG. There's, they're talking about Neymar or Kylian Mbappe. And if you, you're, you're looking at 
pure potential. Mbappe is six, seven years younger than Neymar. Mbappe is the guy that you're going to want to go after. And, and I, to see him at Real Madrid would be absolutely unbelievable. And he's great at PSG, but he's in the shadow of Neymar at PSG. For him to come to a team like Real Madrid and kind of become the face of that team would certainly put him in the Ballon d'Or conversation in years to come with that level of talent. You really wonder how it puts a lot of pressure on us as journalists, right? How are we going to tear this kid down for the next decade? Because we can't say, well, he's never won a World Cup. He's done it at 19, and he was really good. How are we ever going to take shots at him for the rest of his life? This is, this is hard on us, brother. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, you know, we, we, we take shots at Messi. We take shots at Ronaldo. We take shots at Neymar. Yep. Because that's something that the three of those players have never won. I mean, in, in a, from a pure world title standpoint, Kylian Mbappe is already better than those three players who are arguably three of the greatest players to ever kick a ball in world football. I mean, Cristiano Ronaldo, you can kind of, he's near the bottom of that list because at least he's won a major title in terms of winning the Euros. Uh, Brazil did win an Olympic gold medal with Neymar. So, I mean, really, Messi is the only guy on that list that has that doesn't have a major title despite getting to three major competition finals. And then here's Kylian Mbappe. Like you said, it's going to be tough to tear this kid down. He's going to have to do it to himself, really, when you think about it. He will have to be his own worst enemy because in terms of what he's been able to do at his young age and the gifts that he has and how he can tell he will continue to evolve, yeah, it's going to be very hard to treat this kid in a negative light. He's going to have to do some Mario Bellatelli-level stuff. It'll be amazing to see how that plays out. Jeremy St. Louis of BN Sports. <laughs> uh, Messi, I mean, in the 2014 World Cup, was unbelievable. They lose the final to Germany. Somehow that's not enough for folks. Uh, of, of Ronaldo, Messi, Neymar, tell me how you think those guys did in this tournament, because they were the three big stars leading into it, and Brazil gets the furthest to the quarterfinals, but they all go out probably earlier well, maybe Argentina deserved to be out in the 16, but they all earlier than they all wanted. What do you think of the three world superstars at this tournament? Messi, Messi had one of the best goals I've ever seen at a World Cup uh, when he took that ball down off his thigh, caressed it off of his shin before it even hit the ground. I mean, it, that was an unbelievable level of skill. And it, when you see it in slow motion, it's something, but then when you see it in real time, it's an absolute piece of magnificence from Lionel Messi. But that is the one shining moment for Messi in this tournament. I thought he was largely disappointing. Argentina were massively disappointing. For Ronaldo, I thought that he played, he had a good tournament. I mean, Portugal's a, you know, a decent team. I don't think that anybody was expecting Portugal to win the World Cup. I thought Ronaldo did what was expected of him in terms of how he played for Portugal. And Neymar, I mean, all you need to do is, is go into the Google machine and put in hashtag Neymar challenge. And you'll see a summary of what Neymar's tournament was like because Those that's going to be the lasting around. memory. That's the lasting memory from Neymar for this tournament. I mean, in 2014, he got hurt. He had that horrific back injury. And so we, there were questions about whether or not he would play. Doctors said he was within an inch of not being able to play ever again. And at this tournament, all he did was roll around and, you know, like just the, the simulation and the diving. And you know what? Everybody's getting so sick of it. We want more from Neymar than that. And for me, I mean, if you had to rank them in terms of best to worst, Ronaldo, Messi, Neymar. Oh, I hate watching Neymar so much. I hate it so much, brother. I, he, no, yeah, he, he's so he, talented. He, he, he is so talented, and you see flashes of that talent with PSG in, uh, in, in the French League. And, 
Then he goes up against, you know, the world's best players, and it's like he, th- there's no answer for him other than to fall down or roll around or he gets – I mean, he was the most fouled player, and I get it. You're going to get guys that are going to try to kick you out of the game. Yeah. But at the same time, great players, you don't see Messi acting like that. No. You, you see it from Ronaldo from time to time, but Neymar just takes it to a new level, and I really think that either the evolution of VAR is going to help to remove that from his game because they're actually going to start penalizing him for simulation – or somebody's going to finally just say, take him aside and say, look, you got to get this out because you're, you're ruining your legacy as a great player. I don't know if you saw uh, Alfonso Davies' goal for the Vancouver Whitecaps on Saturday. Uh, it, it's on tsn.ca, the highlight certainly will be. Uh, 17-year-old kid, three times he could have gone down. He stuck with it, ended up scoring what's going to be the goal of the MLS season. Sometimes you just stay on your feet and you can pull off some, some magical stuff. This is where I put you on the spot, Jeremy St. Louis of BN Sports. I'm looking ahead to 2022 already. I've got my tickets for Qatar. I've got my personal air conditioner. What going forward? France is the youngest team since Brazil in 1970 to win it. Who do you, who do you uh, is going to be the team to watch come 2022? Because England took a huge step forward. Brazil is always Brazil. Belgium finally did what we've been waiting Belgium to do for four years. Who is the team to watch for 2022 in your mind? Oh, well, you know, it's so tough because you have tradition, right? The World Cup winner will go out in the first round or in the, you know, in the, in the group stage of the World Cup. So you could say France is a favorite, but then based on history, you don't necessarily think that they could be a favorite. I think, but for me, I mean, I don't disagree. France are a favorite. They're going to be the favorite for the Euros coming up in two years. They've got such a young team. Their average age is, is 25 years old, I think, second youngest team at the tournament. So for me, they're a favorite. I think England are going to be a favorite. Yeah. We're finally seeing England come around, and they've got a good young team and a great young manager, Gareth Southgate. I'm really, I'm really glad that they brought in Gareth Southgate, and he's really done a job with this England team. And oh, they were so close. And I really think England's going to be a team to watch. I think Germany will be back. I mean, they had a horrific World Cup, but the German Federation did not panic. They didn't fire Yogi Love as other federations probably would have. It's the first time Germany's finished in the bottom of their group in the history of the World Cup for them, so it's a horrific tournament, but they didn't panic. They're going to stick with Yogi Love, so I think Germany will be there. And, I mean, that for me, those are the three big teams, France, England, and Germany. Croatia are old. Argentina are old. Spain are old. And there's really, you don't really see a lot in the pipeline for those teams moving forward. So I wouldn't put any of those three teams as favorites heading towards 2022. Jeremy St. Louis of BN Sports. Follow him on Twitter at Jer St. Louis, J-E-R-S-T-L-O-U-I-S. Thanks, brother. I appreciate your time. No problem, buddy. Good talking to you. All right, take care.